Talk about podcast, even though this ain't the podcast, this is talk about that. I uh, hope you guys are having a good day. You guys can follow us on Instagram, follow us on TikTok, and subscribe here on YouTube. Today, we have a great guest. Uh, he's a Brazilian jiu jitsu black belt. Uh, his name is Eric Naples. Eric, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it, man. Hey, man thanks for having me. Yes, yeah. sir. How have you been doing? How's uh, life going? You said you were just working, right? Not too long ago? Yeah, yeah. So I'm working up in, uh, well, I was in Bristol for a little bit, but. Next couple of days, I'll be in Cherry Hill. Okay, what are you doing for a living? I'm a pipe welder. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Did you go to school for that, or did you just have that all come to be? Yeah, so uh, Delaware, there's a uh, Votex schools are big, and uh, I went to one of them. It's called Del Castle, and I I did welding for my uh, career area or trade. Yeah, you know? that's cool. So how, how many years was that? Two? Uh, four, just all through high school. Oh, oh, you did yeah. it through high school, so mm-hmm. that's sweet. Yeah, okay, trades that was... are really good. Yeah, a lot of people are starting to yeah, get into that type of stuff now. It's like that. Yeah, and everyone like older older people that I talk to, they uh, they talk about wanting to send their kid to trade school, and I'm like, yeah, do it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I I don't know if it's becoming a thing now. I'm sure it always was. Trade th- school has always existed. I think the option of it, you know, people, you know, are interested in yeah. just just being able to, if people don't know what they want to do with actual academics, to be able to go into something because some trades you can get in and out in two years. Yeah. So. You know, I think it just gives people another opportunity. Plus, you're so hands-on with everything, right? Mm-hmm. Was it, like, are you sitting at a desk and a lot of pen to paper a lot of the time? Like, how did, how did that whole process it work? It was probably, like, 70-30. 30 being the, the paperwork and, okay. and, like, the school-type stuff. Yeah. Uh, the other 70% was pretty hands-on. But how it worked, it wasn't, like, a, you know, the whole day. It was, like, three periods of the day okay. were two welding. And then your other five were uh, academics. Huh. Uh, okay, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so that's cool. And uh, obviously the main reason why I want you on the podcast isn't to talk about the welding career, but it's to talk about <laughs> yeah. the more jiu-jitsu stuff. Obviously you're a black belt in jiu-jitsu. You just got your black belt not too long ago, only two, three months ago, right? Yeah, January. So congratulations again on that. I'm sure that was like Thanks, an man. incredible moment for you. And, uh, you know, we're obviously going to get into everything. I want to talk about all the belts, kind of individually, your uh-huh. journey to everything. But when did you get into jiu-jitsu? Um, so... Yeah, it's, it's I got to do the math now. Nine years, so I was like uh, thirteen when I first started. Um, but I've been into I'd been into mixed martial arts and and watching fighting and stuff uh, for a couple years before that. I really liked watching UFC. Yeah. Um, remember in like 20, 20, 2009 or twenty ten, uh, I started getting into watching UFCs, just browsing YouTube all night, watching old fights and stuff. And I played all the UFC video games, like all, all the video games I played when I was that age had to do with fighting, whether it was uh, like Fight Night Champion or the UFC games. And I always wanted to um, wanted to train. It just took a, took a couple of years to convince my parents to uh, to let me go train. Right. So you get into MMA training first or it, what or did yeah, you? Yeah. So my brother started uh, jujitsu in 2009. And I was already interested in the time, but, you know, my mom just. I don't know. It was like pulling teeth trying to get her to yeah, sign yeah. me up to go. Uh, so I started a couple years after my brother did. And so when I was 13 and I first started training, I wanted to do MMA because um, I thought that was like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And about six months into that, nothing, there, I, there was no bad experiences that really turned me off to it. But about six months into that, I just, I, I guess, fell in love with jujitsu because I realized uh, even 
having not trained very long at all, I realized you can compete more, train more without getting injured and just uh, get more out of it. Um, especially if you're not, you know, jumping in like full time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, for sure. Because, man, MMA is different. It, it's tough to do it just as a hobby and then yeah. also have a second life. MMA is, is one of those things where you kind of have to be all in. Yeah. It's like everything. Like yeah. Kickboxing, boxing, jujitsu, like. Yeah, to a, to a degree, I do think grappling is a little bit easier to uh, go part-time because of the different levels of competition. Now, if competition's not your thing, then disregard what I'm saying. But, right. um, you know, there's there's local tournaments. There's, like, shitty local tournaments, good local tournaments. And then you start getting into, like, the, the bigger, um, like, the super fights and then the really big tournaments like Worlds and, and Trials and stuff. Um, so there's a – it's – the competition in jiu-jitsu is a spectrum. So that's why I think it's more friendly – to the average person, whereas MMA is not. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely, you know, that's something I always said to Riley about if I ever wanted to get into MMA. It's just so crazy. Like you said, yeah. you know, I train jiu-jitsu seven days a week. I'm in the gym every day. You know, if I'm if I'm around, I'm always there, especially now. But like you said, there's so many different, you know, things with, with MMA. Yeah, you, you put your full life in there. Yeah, you really got to go 100%. Yeah, it's, uh, it, you can't half-ass it because – where there's a whole spectrum for uh, the competition scene in jiu-jitsu, MMA is not. You know, you have you have amateur fighting and you have pro fighting. Yeah. And depending on the area you're in, um, so the, the some of them some of the amateur fighters, uh, they could be not so good. And depending on the area you're in, they can all just be killers. So you, you never really know what you're getting yourself into. And there's no uh, there's no security when you go in there half-assing it. It's dangerous. And you actually mm -hmm. did have an amateur MMA fight. I wanted to I actually did, yeah. save that um, because I, we were going to kind of go up through. But yeah. now that we're on the topic, it kind of really? works out perfectly. Yeah, you did do an amateur fight. <clears throat> you want to speak about the amateur fight a little bit? How, did, how was the experience to, you know, not only the build-up, the actual fight itself? How did that all come about? And, you know, what was the experience like? It was awesome, man. I... I it's everything that you can imagine plus 10 times more. Um, this is the, the intensity, uh, the nerves, everything is, is multiplied um, by at least 10 mm. right, in comparison to jujitsu. Wow. Yeah. But I'm, you know, super glad I did it. I'm not opposed to doing another one. The plan was to get right back on the horse and, and go out there again. But, you know, I took some matches in jujitsu. I, I started having the focus from that. I stopped uh, training, you know, just MMA for, for a, a long time. And uh, I'm right now. I'm not in a position to take a fight. I haven't been training MMA, but definitely uh, would like to to go do another few. Yeah, you know, not just yeah. one more, but. And obviously, you know, you know, we're comparing MMA training, the discipline towards it compared to jiu-jitsu, but it seems as if you you take jiu-jitsu extremely seriously. You know, you you're, yeah. you're you're always competing. You're an active competitor. You're at all these different gyms. You're teaching at gyms. Mm -hmm. I know you're coming back to Rev this upcoming week to uh -huh. do a workshop there. Um, so. Yeah, and oh yeah, speaking of that, real quick, thank you to uh, Pendelmar Power for having us, the official home of Talk Bout, and shout out Revolution if you guys want to uh, sign up and start your 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 own jiu-jitsu career, go to RevBJJ.com and, and start that. But let me get back to, you know, your thing, and you know, when you did start, you said you started at 13. Yeah. And um, how, how was your progression through the belts? How long did it take? I want you to kind of break down every single belt, because I, I you know, I want to hear it from... You're somebody who's, you know, elite in this sport, somebody who's a black belt. I want to hear, you know, every single aspect to each belt because, you know, something I'm seeing right now, I'm a, I got four stripes on my white belt. Mm -hmm. I wrestled for 12 years. I started, you know, doing jiu-jitsu in 
I think it was August. So I've been doing it for probably eight months, I think. Nogi Gee, I've been doing for five and a half. Nice. So, you know, I'm happy with, you know, my pace, my progression. Obviously, it's a little bit different because of the wrestling. Yeah. But it just fascinates me to, you know, understand every single belt and all the different things that comes with it. Not just from a teaching aspect, from people coaching you, you know, when you do compete, you know, what you learned, the growth, how long it takes. Mm -hmm. I'm just interested, like... Can you break down each thing? So can we start at white belt and you kind of go through and you tell me what, you know, what were the challenges? What were the things that, you know, you learned at each belt? And what, you know, what is the best things that you should be thinking about when you're at each belt for all the viewers that, you know, are in jiu-jitsu? Because most of the people who will be watching this know who you are and are probably grapplers themselves. So Yeah, for sure. So so I say I started at 13. Um, Now I've been, I'm 24, I've been training nine years. Now I don't count that little time period when I was 13, when I was training, because I only trained for six months and my grades sucked. So my mom took me out. Oh, it, it, took, yeah. so, it took so long it's to convince her yeah, to get me to train. <laughs> and then I started like failing classes and she was like, all right, you're not doing jujitsu. And I was like, all right, well now I'm going to even do even less homework. So, <laughs> yeah. and I, I think that I actually did do less homework, but it wasn't until I was 15 where I started consistently. You got back okay. yeah, with no breaks. And so white belt at 15, it was, it was pretty cool. I remember I was maybe not a natural, but I was so interested that I, I was progressing at a rate that I was really happy with. And as far as the challenges, like you were talking about, there was nobody in, in that gym uh, that was smaller than me. So I was 103 pounds or maybe 107, something like that, uh, when I was when I was 15. And it was, it was just an uphill battle, you know, and there wasn't a ton of chicks there to train with because like not really many people my size. I mean, my brother was probably the second smallest guy and he's probably in the one forties or so. Geez. So you're really training with everybody who's. Yeah, man. And and that's one of the things that I don't regret anything, but I wish I had known then what I know now about being that small and training with big people all the time. Um, Because my back, my lower back is really bad uh, right now. I wish it was, I wish I was in a little better shape, like, uh. Like as far as injuries, and, and you stuff. you credit that to you think you know yeah. grappling with so so many heavy guys and you know the weight being put on you and just, I think I think so yeah, yeah but wouldn't that help you like getting like heavier guys and, yeah it's a trade off yeah. so me it it, it kind of forced me to think about technique uh like really really early on I don't think I had I mean for sure I sucked back then but I remember always thinking about you know having really good technique or the best that I could possibly have uh, given how long I've been training and stuff. So it, it did teach me a lot. Um, I'd like to think that I have uh, like decent guard retention. Um, and I, I, I definitely credit that to rolling with big people all the time because I, I don't want them on top of me. So I'm, I'm going to figure out a way to retain my guard. Right. And when you have somebody at like 135 pounds now on top of you, you know, even though the levels obviously have changed, you're at black belt now and, yeah. you know, you're rolling with black belts, brown belts, purple belts, all these belts. But, you know, being that you had all these heavy guys on you, it's probably a lot easier to kick a 135 pound guy oh, off for you sure. compared to yeah. the 180 guy. Like if, if I roll with somebody that's, my weight, which is very rare. I'm only like 130. I very rarely feel uh, like threatened yeah, by sure. certain things. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, there's not to say there's not people my size that are better than me. I can name at least 10 people that are my size or smaller. That would that would just. F- but yeah. I, I kind of just learned uh, to take technique seriously. 
because I, I realized how much of a size disadvantage I was at uh, for white belt. And also, I, I would get my ass kicked a lot. Um, people took it easy on me for sure, but like I said, that uphill battle, it was always hard trying to stay positive and, and remember all the progress. Um, there was times where I, I'd just consistently just get beat up during training and I'd be really upset about it. But I never thought about, you know, stopping or anything like that. It was just like a never crossed the yeah. mind. No, just a speed bump. Well, there are there are other times I thought about, you know, is this worth it or not? But that wasn't until later, like, you know, year, years down the line after some some things happened. Right. So you get so you, so you, you, how long was your progression from white belt to blue belt? Um, I think I got my blue belt in June of 2015, and I'd started training December 2013. So like a year and a half. Okay, a year and a half. You go from white belt to blue belt. Mm-hmm. When you got your blue belt. What were the emotions like? This was the first, you know, real promotion. What what what, was, what were the emotions like for a belt like that? Well, I still remember it. I remember not like what day it was, but I remember that whole day of training. Uh, I went to open mat at five thirty, and I was rolling with the the bunch of big dudes, and I was all tired, sweaty, throwing my gi on, and just as it was a surprise, uh, coach called me to the front gave me the blue belt and this was big to me because I was only 16 or no. Yeah, I was 16 and there was no other juvenile blue belts at my gym at the and time. And that and that's as early as you can get it, yeah. right? At yeah. 16 you get your blue belt and to get it at the youngest you can get it, it's a pretty big deal as well. And I knew that, so that's I was really uh proud of myself for that um because I realized like, you know, it's it is kind of hard to get a blue belt uh, let alone being the smallest person in, in the gym and, and get a blue belt. So I was giving myself credit for that. I didn't really change anything as far as like training or mindset. I just kept it pushing, but I definitely was really, really happy. Yeah, that's great. And that's, and you know, you should be proud of yourself because you're, like you said, you're the lightest in the gym. This is when you're at white belt too. So mm-hmm. you're at the most basic level, you know, that there is. And, you know, for, for you to not only, Get your blue belt, but at the time you did is is pretty interesting and, and, yeah. and obviously seems to be important to you. So then you get your blue belt. Mm-hmm. Um, this is from all the people I've talked to that are close to me in the gym. Everybody tells me from blue to purple is like their favorite time. I, I'm curious to know, is it the same for you or no? I've had some really good six-month runs um, in my entire uh, jiu-jitsu life I okay. guess but from blue to purple definitely I had I traveled the most I don't want to say travel the most but I did things for the first time way more than any other belt if that makes sense yeah um, there was a lot of firsts for me it just belt. seems like I mean once you get your blue belt you 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 got your foot in the door now right you kind of know you're starting to figure out your game a little bit more and I feel like that's where you kind of really start to nitpick all the things you're doing really learn all the nuances mm-hmm. of the game so you get your blue belt and how long from blue to purple did it take um for you to get your purple belt from blue belt and uh what were some of the challenges that you were facing from blue to purple because like you were saying at white belt it was like I'm the smallest guy in here you know I'm 103 pounds yeah. I got all these heavy freaking geezers on top of me and then you figure out oh now I got my blue belt now my skill is starting to get good now I'm sure from blue to purple you're starting to polish your skills how was it from blue to purple the so blue belt was like a precursor to what the rest of uh, my time in jiu-jitsu would be and what it could be because uh, I started competing a lot 
and I started cross training a lot with uh, with the best people that I could find in the area. Um, anywhere within a like a hundred mile radius, I, I was I was there training. Uh, when I was like, I'm talking like I'm 16, 17, and 18. Uh, you know, just got my license, just learned how to drive, and I'm I'm spending every weekend driving all the kinds of different gyms uh, training, and I made a lot of friends that way. I made a lot of friends from a lot of different gyms. Some of them I'm still friends with, and some of them I'm not. You know, just things things happen in life, and 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 time goes on. But uh, definitely learned the most about what training should be as a blue and a purple belt. Uh, as for the time, I think so. I said I got my blue belt June 2015. I got my purple belt on the podium at a tournament, which would have been September of 2017. So a little over two years. Okay, a little over two years. How was it getting it? I'm guessing you were you get first in that tournament. Yeah, that was the DC Open, okay. uh, IBJJF DC Open. Is that the only time you ever got first in a tournament, or is there a lot more times? You oh just man, Dude, uh, <laughs> well, I I thought you were just talking okay, about blue belt. Uh, yeah, too. No, Dude, yeah no. blue belt. I was, I really was killing it at blue belt. That's great. And uh, yeah, no, I was just kidding. I, <laughs> I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> I know I you've gotten you. your uh, first plate. Plenty of times. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Blue belt was sick, man, because I was 17 and I was... Uh, yeah, you're like I as could, energetic. You, you got your belt. You know, you're ready to roll now, probably. I could do teens divisions and adult divisions in the same day. Wow. And unless there was some, like, prodigy from New York, which I wasn't going to run into in, like, Philly or anything uh, for the most part, but I could do an adult division or both adult divisions and like a ton of teens divisions and, be okay. and, just, and just rack matches and, and just uh, getting through experience yeah. and then also step up on the podium. So when you did step up on the podium at that given tournament, mm-hmm. your purple belt was worth to you. How was that feeling? That was, it was really, that was really cool because so what I was 19 there. Yeah. I had just started getting into like doing IBJJF tournaments, which were a big deal to me at the time um, because they were in New York, DC. We went and, you know, the first time I did Worlds was uh, at Blue Belt, and I had just gotten off from, like, losing first round at Worlds that summer. So I was pretty, I was not bent, but, or no, I didn't lose first round. I lost in the second round, but, you know, same thing. I didn't medal. Right. So I, not that I was upset, but I was just starting to realize what the level uh, needs to be if I want to be a successful competitor. Um, so I w- go and I win that open tournament in DC and I had no idea. Like sometimes, you know, you could read the room and you tell like what's going to happen or what's going to go down. I had no reason to believe that I was going to get promoted that day or even just after that tournament. Um, but I did, I happened to win I had two matches that day and my girlfriend was there. She was in on it and, uh, yeah, so that was... She knew about it? Yeah. And same girlfriend that you have now? Uh-huh. And congratulations to her. That's I good. saw that yeah. she just got her yeah. black belt. That's pretty awesome that yes. it wasn't too far after when you got her yours. Um, was that a special moment to you, too? I, I, I want to come back to this, but yeah. just, you know, as, you know, the boyfriend, too, as well. Was that a special moment for you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it, is, uh, it is a strange, not strange, but it's a special kind of thing when, when you and... Uh, person you spend the most time with they're both black belts <laughs> and uh and you, you share that same passion i have the same goals yeah that's awesome man how long have you guys been together 2016 so so you guys have gone through this ride together pretty oh much. yeah I yeah mean, we, we met when we were blue belts wow that's geez. awesome man so good for her and congratulations as well so Congrats. you get your purple belt and then you know after the purple belt you know, Rod, do you mind hitting that? Yeah. After you get your purple belt, you know, this is where things start to probably, you know, get 
to the advanced level. I, I would say yeah. once you, you know, from my perspective, it white belt is, you know, the as basic as it gets. Blue belt, I would say you're a solid grappler. Purple belt is where, you know, things start to get really real. Yeah. And and that's just coming from my perspective. And it seems that you agree. And, you know, what was it like from your purple belt to brown belt experience? You know, this is, like I said before, from the people I've spoke to, most people like to tell me that their blue belt is the most fun they had. Mm-hmm. And they say when getting your purple belt, you know, you know, Jamie even t- has talked about how when he got his purple belt, it was probably one of the best. I even talked to Tom. He said when he got his purple belt, he said that was one of the best. You talk to some guys, you know, Purple belt seems to be getting it is one mm-hmm. thing, but going from purple to brown, how was that whole experience? What were the challenges, you know, within, you know, that belt as well? So when you're, a, when you're like a white belt, you look at purple belts and you think, man, I don't know if I could ever be that good, but then it just happens and you don't even think about that anymore. It doesn't make sense. Like, why did I think that I couldn't be that good? Like, this is, uh, this is not easy, but there's nothing, it was nothing special. Anyone can get a purple belt. So it's funny to see how that, uh, your mentality changes once you do get there. Um, but it still was a huge milestone. But I will say Purple Belt was really depressing at times for me. Because like you said, it was it starts to get a little bit more advanced. And more I was po- more politics and Yeah, man. Uh you, you know how it is. I was doing all these tournaments at Blue Belt and I continued to compete at Purple Belt and I had like really mixed results. And by mixed I mean like uh I wasn't I wasn't doing so good all the time anymore like blue belt like shit shit got real yeah um um I was upset because I was still doing everything I was doing cross training really caring about technique and, and trying to get better I made even more friends who were you know at a at a high level and and I you know we kind of feed off of each other um still talk to some of those guys today but man when I would lose I would lose in the worst ways and it was like Am I wasting my time, really? What am I doing wrong? So this is the time where you were kind of thinking yeah, about everything. I was, I was like, dude, I'm, you know, I'm 19. I could be doing so much other stuff. I could be, you know, building a future for myself. But I'm just sitting here taking planes out to these places, people with people I don't know. Obviously, you know, Jess would travel with me all the time. So, right. Um, I don't, you know, regret spending any time with with her doing doing this stuff. But it was like. I'm not getting the results I wanted. What's going on? Am I am I really just not putting in enough work, or is this not for me? Do I suck? Uh, am I not, you know, just just cut out for it? And part of it was, I I think a lot of it had to had to do with my mentality when I compete. Uh, a problem I have in a lot of matches, even the ones today. If if I if I lose a match, um, it has to do with me being like afraid to pull the trigger in the match. And do things that I know I can do when I train, but maybe I second guess myself in the match, and that was happening a lot at Purple Belt, especially because I started doing more nogi stuff. Um, I had some super fights, and I was in a tournament for finishers, and for a, for a while, like I did like three straight super fights or four probably, yeah, four straight uh, super fights for different promotions, where I was just consistently getting heel hooked. Mm. And then that was a whole other thing because... And like, that and that's where, sorry to interrupt you, but that's where heel hooks are starting to become legal too. So yep. it's like a whole other thing now you got to kind of practice to defend and everything, and Everybody right? wants to do them. And the thing about being a purple belt competing in rules like that is the other dude can suck at leg locks like really bad. And can rip your ankle. Yeah, yeah, but if you don't know what you're doing either, it doesn't matter that they suck. You're going to lose because they think they know what they're doing and they're confident and then you don't know what you're doing and you're scared and yeah. you just get you just get busted up and that's what was happening to me. I didn't know what I was doing and I wasn't confident and that was messing with my head too. 
So from purple to brown, the same drive that I had to get better at jujitsu, I had that drive to get better at just specifically uh, nogi and leg locks. And I, I really haven't stopped working on on, on that since. Um, I don't know which, I don't know if there was a loss that was like the straw that broke the camel's back, but I was like, dude, I was like getting heel hooked is every, every match is just not it, man. It's getting old. Like, this so, is, so, that's, old so that's where you really started to get in the leg locks, purple belt. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's interesting as well. So you go through this, you know, sort of a rough patch. Like you said, it wasn't, you weren't performing the way you wanted to perform. Mm-hmm. You're, you're flying out to all, it was probably just getting drained. You know, you're, 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 you're just like sick of it at probably at that point. And but you do eventually get your brown belt. And mm-hmm. how long from purple to brown belt was it for you? Purple belt was 2017. Brown belt was December of 2019. Or no, January 2020, I think. One of the two. So A little too, over two and a half years? Yeah, a little over two years. Okay, so that's 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 pretty good as well. And then you get your brown belt. And uh, when you got your brown belt, were you like, thank God, at this point you want to get this purple belt off? Or like, was it the same? Like... How was, like, your... Because, again, like, what I'm trying to, you know, kind of nitpick mm-hmm. from your perspective is it almost seems like, you, you know, when you're a white belt, you're looking up and you're like, I want the black belt. You know yeah. what I mean? But I feel like as you continue to get your belts, it becomes less and less, I don't know, meaningful, maybe until you get your black belt. I mean, we're not there yet, but when you got your brown belt, how was the emotion compared to getting your purple and blue belt as well? The same as far as how excited I was, but for different reasons. Okay. Um, when I was blue belt, I, I was just happy to see the progress. Purple belt, I, I knew I was still making that progress, but I was like, man, it's it's nice to see that, you know, teammates and coaches uh, can also see how how much I'm progressing. And, you know, purple belt is something that's not taken lightly. You don't just get one um, no. because they feel, because your coach feels bad for you. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, it takes, yeah. I mean, the average for a purple belt is like at least three to five years, right? I mean, yeah. if you think about it, Pro- so. Probably five for, yeah. for most people. So, you know, you got yours and, 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 and when you got it, it's like, like I said, that's my point. Like once you get your purple belt, it, it's like, you know what you're doing now. Right. Like you, mm-hmm. you, you still aren't black. You still aren't brown belt, but. Well, I wouldn't say you know what you're doing. You know what you want to do. Okay. And sometimes you just can't, like, articulate it, and then uh, it via grappling. Gotcha. Okay, and then, you you know, you do get your brown belt, and like you said, for, for different reasons. What were some of the reasons that you were happy that you got your brown belt? We just took, like, 10 minutes to talk about all the yeah. stuff that sucked. What were some of the things that were making you happy when you got that brown belt? Like you said, you know. It may not make sense if I put it into words, but. It was almost like it was a refresh button. Um, so I I took a lot of really bad losses at Purple Belt. I remember one time I was crying under the bleachers at this, at no gi pans. I lost first round uh, by two points. It was crazy because I was I was winning by one point, and then after the match, the, the ref went over to the table and started talking to the table workers, and I already knew. It was not like I had a premonition or anything, but I just knew that it was not going to go my way. I see the, number, the three on the board go to a zero, and he raises the other guy's hand, and I just couldn't believe it. Between me uh, just doing the the seven minute match and the emotional, like the, I guess the adrenaline dump mixed with the roller coaster of emotions of me winning and then losing, I couldn't handle it, and I just broke down. That was definitely the lowest point in in my entire jiu jitsu. It was embarrassing the way I was acting, man. It was bad, but 
Sometimes um, it's like that, though. Dude, yeah, I just I, I just need to be left alone for like 35 minutes, probably. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. But we could have been long, it, it could have been longer. I don't really remember. Yeah, nobody but, nobody was uh, rolling with Eric after the the bleacher incident. Nah, man. <laughs> yeah. um, getting healed. It was brutal. <laughs> Except I didn't know how to heal hook back yeah. then. Oh yeah, I guess uh, you're, yeah, yeah, still yeah. at that point, right? But it was but getting the brown was cool because it was like a reset button. Um, even though it wasn't, you know, it's still day to day. But for me, I, it, I could look down, see the brown belt, and think, okay, this is a, a, a fresh start. And also, I knew that people started taking you a little bit more seriously as a competitor when you're a brown belt. And I was kind of looking, uh, looking ahead, thinking, man, if if I do good, uh, you know, I could start to get some some really cool opportunities uh, for for competition. You know, get some get some matches that'll really. I don't even know. Just just get matches against good people to really prove to myself that I uh, am doing the right thing. Because that's what it's all about, you, you know. Propelling you to the next level, yeah. especially. I mean, when you get your brown belt, that's where, you know, there's only one, there's only one more belt yeah. above it. And it's the belt that everybody wants, you know, the the belt of mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu. And when you do get your brown belt, how long was it from brown belt to black belt? Same question. What were the challenges? What were the good things? What were your emotions like at brown belt? Because we just went through blue belt. It was great. Purple belt, not so great. Where were you at with brown belt? Brown belt, I'm, I look back and I'm definitely happy with brown belt. Could I have done more? Yeah. But the reason I didn't were just things that were my fault. And I can't change any of that. But I am happy with what I did and how I trained and the, the, the people I started to train with and become friends with. And also the habits that I was building for my jiu-jitsu. Um, I really cemented them at brown belt. And I, as far as competition goes, I, I did pretty well at brown belt. Like I won a couple opens. Um, I won Nogi pans. I got second at worlds and not to mention all the other super fights and stuff. Yeah, that's great, um, man. But, you know, besides the super fights and the, and the local things that I did, um, just those things that I mentioned alone, that was enough for me to, uh, to be happy with with what I did because from the beginning of brown belt to the end of brown belt it was like two different people man the, the progress was insane and uh I don't know if anybody else would notice it but I don't I didn't really care because I could notice it uh, yeah. myself you know and that's really all that matters at like, the end of the day yeah the mats don't lie you know you know exactly how good you are whether you want to lie about it or not yeah. like at the end of the day no I appreciate that you're yeah. you know we just had Dave on the podcast uh-huh. and uh you know Dave is like the most humble human being I think I've ever met yeah. and it's so hard to break his shit I mean I said to, if I said to Dave right now I can double leg take down you 10 times out of 10 he would probably say yeah he probably could just because of how yeah. humble he is you know I appreciate Ashley you kind of telling people what it is because you're an animal dude I mean you are <laughs> yeah. an animal I mean I see every you know the social medias will come up and uh, you know you guys need to go look at Eric's stuff because it's absolutely unbelievable. And you know I was even told at a time you were ranked. I, this could be even still. I don't know. Uh-huh. I just that's why I want to ask you. Were ranked number thirteen in in your weight class in the country. Is that true? So not even in my weight class. I competed twenty five and I, and I was ranked number fourteen at one thirty five. Okay. Um, in activity and I lost. I lost a match. I shouldn't have lost. Um, now right now I think I'm number twenty one. Wow, and totally. at, at, that's at, unbelievable. At one thirty-five, I don't even weigh one hundred thirty-five pounds either. So <laughs> that's great, man. When I saw it, when I when I woke up, I mean, it's it, okay. That's that's so cliche. Oh, I woke up and I saw it. No, like someone <laughs> someone sent it to me. It's yeah. all good. It's all good. They're like, you're number fourteen yeah, in the world. Eric's got people sending it to him. He doesn't even yeah. care. He's not even yeah. looking at it anywhere. He's just like assistant Joe's like. 
Eric, you're 21 today. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, that's awesome. Yeah, man, that's, that's freaking awesome. Congratulations Congrats, on that. Dude. Then you get your black belt. Obviously, it was this year, 2023. So you went from 2020 to 2023, mm -hmm. so three years. And uh, you got your black belt under 10 years, too, which is very, very good. Congratulations yeah, that's, on that, that, too. That's a cool little milestone. Yeah, huh? for sure. And um, you get your black belt. What were the emotions like getting your black belt? I know this is probably like, yeah. was it truly the pinnacle? Was this like, I, you know, I, 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 did, I did it, it you know? It, yeah, yes, yes and no, because life still goes on, like I said before. But and you're still grappling. Like, it's not like you just retired. It, yeah. For sure. It was yeah. definitely, like, one of the well, the happiest days of my life. But on the flip side, I in that same night, I realized that everything that we just talked about, Blue Belt, all the tournaments, the teens division I was doing, the traveling I did, um, going to Texas, Florida, California for all these competitions, I noticed that all that stuff that I did, is it's it's over now that's in the that's in the past and i i'm i'm no longer like a blue purple or brown belt that's like chasing the dream i'm i'm just a just a black belt now and whatever i do i do it uh at the in, highest in level the present now yeah it's what it has to be yeah um there's no more obviously i say there's no more having fun but uh you know when you go to compete uh things things do get a little bit more serious now there's black belts out there that they don't really compete as much as some people and they just stick to like local tournaments and that's fine i always tell people like yeah nobody's too good to just go and do a local tournament um you know that's where i that's where i really found out my game at like blue and purple belt just doing a bunch of locals all the time um because i didn't i don't i didn't come from money to where i could be jumping on a plane every two weeks yeah and going to the ibjjfs i had to do it uh locally um and i'm and i'm glad i did because that it it taught me a lot just taking all those matches but Back to what I was saying about uh, being a black belt and competing now. Well, now it's serious. I I don't have really, I can't afford to make the mistakes that I made at, at blue and purple and stuff like that. Uh, I have to take everything seriously. And if it means not taking matches because I can't get myself ready, um, then that's what it is. Because to be honest, when you are a black belt and a competitor, you're operating on a professional level. Whether you live on a professional level, you live a, a professional lifestyle or not, that's that's for you to decide, you know, do you or do you not? But when people see that you're a black belt competitor, they're going to assume that you are a professional and you should hold yourself to that standard and do the best that you can uh, to operate as a professional. Yeah, right. for sure. And I'm so happy we did, we, you know, and thank you so much for breaking it through like yeah. that. I mean, that was like incredible, great breakdown. stuff. And people will really appreciate that. Like at the top level, I know people are probably asking you more for advice now i'm sure you're teaching more like you said you're doing more workshop stuff um what would be some advice i have two questions here okay what would be some some advice for somebody who is just getting into the what game? would be advice what would you say from all your experience would be advice for that and then what would be your advice for somebody who's about to compete for the first time i'm about to compete to, on saturday uh for the good fight um tournament that's happening and it's nice dude so it's my first competition so i want to know <laughs> advice to a new grappler and advice to somebody who's going to be uh, stepping in for the first time and actually competing. So advice to people who are just starting out, I would say well, for, if people look to me for advice because they think that I am at the highest of the highest levels, I, I would, I would say that they're, they're wrong. And there is uh, when you get to black belt there, that is the, the only belt where the skill gap is as big as every other belt combined. Yeah. And there's some, like I was saying uh, a few minutes ago, there there's people my size that would absolutely you know wipe the mat with me, and I don't have business being on the same on the same mat as them. And 
I, I can name drop if, if if you want me to. And, you know, those dudes do exist. Um, <laughs> yes. So that that you know keeps me in check, just knowing that. But also, if somebody were to a- if somebody were to ask me, uh, you know, about just starting out, like training wise, mentality and stuff, I, I would say that the biggest thing that you can do that's going to be like detrimental to your to your progress is comparing yourself to who you're in the room with. I mean, think about it. You're in the same room as them. You pay the same money as them to be there. Uh, they're just trying to. They're just trying to do what you want to do. And if you gauge your progress in who you're beating, especially when you're a white or a blue belt, if you gauge your progress in who you're beating in your own gym, um, that's that's like no good. Uh, you know, you don't know if the dude is even trying. You don't know if he's injured. You don't know if he had a shit day at work and he's just like out of it. Yeah, uh, it's just kind of you're only hurting yourself because you don't know all the variables. You don't compete and you win a match. Go ahead, use that to base it off of because that's a stranger and you know he's he's there to scrap. He's right. he's really coming at he's coming at you. But uh, you know I I would say don't don't gauge yourself off of people uh, in the training room. You can sometimes, but if you do it every single time you train, it's it it becomes a little bit of a problem. And I think that's where like that's where like ego and and jealousy comes into play too, man. Je- jealousy is a big thing um, in gyms. Not mine. Uh, luckily, I I don't have any kind of problem with that. Everybody that I train with is uh, is pretty cool, and it's like that for a reason. I don't want to have to die. Look, I got way too much stuff going on in my life to worry about another man and if they're better at fucking arm bars than me. You know, yeah. I, yeah. I I don't care. I'm there to get better for myself. Yeah. And also the people that I invest time in. Uh, to really make sure that they're hitting their goals too, I I want them to get better. But man, comparing comparing yourself to your teammates, it it'll, it's only going to hurt you. So yeah. that's the one thing that I would say. Um, now, if we're talking about competing, like you, your first time competing, if I had any advice for that, man, I would just say it, it's going to sound stupid because everybody says it. But that first one, just have fun, do things that you know you're good at. Uh, when you train and do things that maybe you don't even train, you just get an idea and it's kind of a spur of the moment thing. Um, literally just have fun with it because five years from now, because it's, well, you wouldn't even remember it if it wasn't like, you know, recorded or, or yeah, on video. Right. So, you know, it doesn't even matter, man. Just, just go out there and, and, and do the thing. Yeah. I, I've been trying to think, you know, like when Sunday morning comes and I wake up, Nobody's gonna be thinking about the tournament if I win, loss. If yeah. I got first, if I got last, nobody's gonna be thinking about it except me. Nobody's gonna care. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm just trying <laughs> so to. Part of the reality. Part of the reality is, uh, I mean, people are always gonna ask how you did and stuff. They're gonna like, and you know, they're either gonna say, "Oh, he did really good," and then they're gonna be like, "Damn, good for him," or they're gonna be like, "He got fucked up." Yeah. And then they're gonna be like, "Oh." Yeah. Like they're gonna they're it gonna is know, what it is. You but, know what I mean? You know, there's nothing you could do to change that. I've gotten submitted in really embarrassing ways and I've had people watching on the stream and it's just like what am I gonna do? Say I didn't get submitted, I did, yeah. everybody watched it. That's how you get better though, too. Yeah, yeah. it's all part of the game. Yeah. Yeah, big thing like uh we were supposed to go to UFC two eighty eight. Um, it's in New York, New York, New oh, Jersey. Oh, really? Yeah. Wanted, that's, dude, tickets were so expensive, man. Yeah, they are expensive. Like, but, yeah, when I crazy. checked, it was like 800 bucks for like yeah, crappy tickets, bad. man. It can yeah. be bad. And, uh, but the only reason why we danced because Charles Oliveira got pulled off the car and they postponed uh-huh. him, so. Who is he fighting, Benil? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. man, I've, I've liked Benil for a long time, dude. Oh, I'm a big Charles fan. Are you? Yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> I am too. Um. <laughs> But, see, I've I've watched Charles fight. You for, grab his legs. I'll grab. <laughs> yeah, I've watched Charles fight since like he was first in the UFC, like like 2012. Yeah, he's got a great story. Yeah. I mean, Maybe coming in before. the UFC, being 10 and 8 at so young, and Same. then comes back, 
gets 11 wins under his belt, becomes the champion, mm-hmm. defends it multiple times. It's going to be a great fight. It's going to be a really challenging fight. I, I'm so nervous. I can't even think about it's gonna it because be it's going to be fight. so difficult. I mean, the grappling exchanges that yeah. could possibly happen. I hope that – I almost hope they stay standing, though, but really? Darius has – that dude, I mean, you know what's yeah. funny about Dariush, man? He's a turd. He knocks dudes out, <laughs> but he he's so slow. Yeah, he's so weird. Yeah. He's got yeah. it's it's awkward, but it's, it's not like Tony Ferguson awkward. It's yes, it's like so weird, and he and he doesn't promote himself. He doesn't even care. Right. He's, you know, he can rack up thirty he's wins, just, he'll never get a title shot. Yeah. It's like they're in a bag. Like, that's all. Like I'm sure he's a great yeah. striker, but oh yeah, I mean, he dropped it last fight, Gamrot. Oh he gosh. sent his head to freaking. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. I was I took my friend to Buffalo Wild Wings to watch like his first uh, UFC on pay per view, and it was the one where Benil knocked out Drake R. Close. Okay, dude, the, he's got some crazy knockouts. Uh, yeah. yeah, if you look at his highlight reel, and dude, the whole restaurant was so Probably. hyped for that knockout because <laughs> yeah. he because Benil just got his bell rung. And you're big into the UFC. Do you still watch now? Oh, uh, dude, I. There's there's very few fights in the past like five years that I haven't seen. That's awesome. Yeah. So we could yeah, that's great that we could talk about this. Well, what are yeah. your predictions on UFC two eighty eight that's coming up this Saturday? Obviously the main event is um Aljamain right? Sterling against Henry Cejudo, co main event, Gilbert Burns against Bele Muhammad. What do you what do you think about those two fights? Um, man, Aljamain's good, dude. I didn't I didn't want to believe it for, for the longest time, but he re- he really is something else. Yeah, he really um, is a good I, wrestler. Yeah, I, m- I remember when I saw I saw him just jump on Sanhagen's back and just finish him in like oh, yeah. 50 seconds. I was oh like, my what? And what he's becoming now, though, Sanhagen's got such a funky style, and yeah. he, he throws so many different things. Like, you don't know where he's coming. You don't know if you got a head kick coming for you, mm-hmm. a right hand coming for you, a left hand coming for you. Or a knee. He's all, yeah, or a knee. Yeah. <laughs> Ask Frankie yeah. Edgar. The thing is, we don't know. If, if, <laughs> if Sanhagen were to rematch uh, Aljamain, we don't know if that fight would It'd go any different. Yeah. yeah. Because. Of how much better Sterling's even got, too, right? Yeah. yeah. And the fight, I know short fights aren't really an indicator of skill, but we didn't get to see uh, Aljamain deal with Sanhagen striking, and mm. and we didn't get to see Sanhagen deal with uh, Aljamain's like, chain wrestling and stuff. Yeah, and if yeah. he's it's able. just one exchange. Exactly. If he's able to stop the wrestling on the feet, I believe it would be cake work for Sanhagen. He right. is so good. I think he's it's, him and Sugar are really the two good. best strikers in that in the end. Dude, Peter Jan's crazy. You know, I tell people that I think O'Malley is the best striker in the UFC. And people yeah. just like I don't know why people think, I think it's fine. so. He, Dude, just they, because just because he's the hate I get for that, they're like are they're like they're Are you like, serious? Are like, you what is wrong yeah. with you? Look at him. Look but at he's him. He's got great <laughs> striking, man. Yeah. So hard. Like you got Poirier, you got, you know, Bejeda. I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to say Alex, Alex Bejeda is kickboxing. I mean, he was just on the floor with his eyes rolled. Now, it depends down. on what your definition of best what? striker is because I got some crazy takes on people who I think are, are some of the best strikers. I think Piotr Jan's up there. I yeah. would say Piotr, my top five, not in any order, but Poirier. Uh, ever? Or are we talking about active? Uh, both. Because okay. Well, if, if McGregor's counts as an active, his counterpunching is number one. Yeah, yeah. And see, that's how you have to think about it. When I when I give off a, a crazy take, I shouldn't have to justify it. Who's who's somebody who would be like kind of um, like who's man, not like an Israel Asanya, who so, like most people would say. So I think I think Donald Cerrone in his prime had some of the best offense. You know what? Down. He's got some of the best fights yeah. though. I'll tell you that. that for a fact, yeah, too. that as well. He's fought probably everybody in the UFC. He has that's great why he's combinations. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Dude, his head kicks. 
this the the setups for for his head kicks are just yeah. flawless. Yeah. yeah, he's got the most head kick knockouts in UFC history. I think he the whacked best. Uh, he whacked Jim Miller with one right before he oh. got guillotine. Yeah, it Jim was pretty Miller. nice. Yes, it, it was. It stunned him. Yeah, I remember that fight. That was it. That was yeah. his last fight, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. yeah against Jim Miller. What were you gonna say, Rob? Uh, who do you think's the best grappler? In oh the UFC? god, this is a very yeah. tricky question. You mean straight up wrestling? I know. Grat, jiu-jitsu? Yeah, this is best straight up grappler. Yo, there's a lot of people that just strike. I think we should separate jujitsu and wrestling, mm. because the same like grappling. I know it's all like the same, but it's like kind of not like the be- who I think is the oh. best wrestler and the best grappler. Yeah, are different in my opinion. I think because of consistency throughout the career, you have to take into account consistency. Are we talking about career. ever too? Yeah, we're talking about ever. Oh. I think so. Um, well, ever man, people, oh. pe- you can go five different ways with ever. And I'll probably get to all five. Yeah, please. But when you say the best, people don't realize that... This will probably be a clip, too, so we can get all the UFC fans yeah, mad. Yeah. There, a- there is a such thing as recency bias, because <laughs> a good example of that is is uh, Jorge Masvidal. Dude, everybody thought that he was like going to take out Usman. And it's just guys get on hot streaks, man, yeah. and, they, and yeah. they, look, they look good for a little Masvidal's bit. Masvidal's record is 35 and... 20. It is. You know what I mean? Like, the, he had a good run like when he knocked wins, out. six losses. He was on a hot streak. Yeah, yeah he, he had a good run. He knocked out there until then he took out Askren. Then he had the thing with Diaz. Like, he he, he did well. He still yeah. is good. And he still, I mean, no, I'm not standing. He I'm doesn't not, suck. He yeah, does not yeah, suck. Yeah, yeah, I'm not standing with him. Tell you but, that for a fact. But for the top yeah. five, Yeah, top with an Usman, dude, we're talking about one of the greatest to ever. Yeah, right. I was going to say lace up a pair of boots, but he's got his all five toes sticking yeah. out, so there's no boots there. But. So how long have you been watching MMA because I, I'll tell you one of my one of my uh, best hot takes that I get I get hated on for. Um, well, it's been very different. So like our my UFC progress is just like crazy. So I I used to be so into professional wrestling WWE mm-hmm. and all that. Uh, that. I never was. That was my life. I mean, ask Riley. <laughs> yeah. Life. You too. No, uh, not no. 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 But it was my life, and so much so my life that when I was 16, I, I went to MCW wrestling school and I started training. Oh, sick! And I did three months and I propelled very well i went from the beginners class to the rosters class and you can't even you know wrestle on shows mm-hmm. um until you're 18 now i've done everything i've played football i've played basketball i've wrestled for school i've done professional wrestling Wait, you played football jiu-jitsu yeah i did it all through elementary school and middle school that. so i did all this stuff but to this day i still will say nothing is harder and hurts more than professional wrestling the fake stuff that everybody yeah. says it's crazy um after I heard I, I heard a disc in my back, after that my passion for wrestling started to change a little bit. Yeah. And through that time, I started to start liking the UFC. Now I was always a McGregor fan. Only cared about McGregor and knew nothing about the UFC. Mm-hmm. Um but I can't blame you for that. I yeah. yeah, and what what I vividly remember is when I really started to watch like every pay per view is when it was Gaethje against Habib in Abu Dhabi, which wasn't that Long no, ago. It's only three. Yeah, to me, two, that seems like yesterday. Yeah, it's like two and a half years ago. That was the first time I remember I even said, I remember I said to you, I was like, dude, you actually, I think, came over at the end when he was retiring. I don't know if you remember yeah. that, um, but Habib, when he retired, is kind of when I started really getting into it. Yeah. Like, I can name, I could t- tell you probably most of the top 15, definitely the top 10 in every division. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, so like me and Riley are very, very I mean, are all of talk about 
is that's... built on the UFC. We just had our first UFC fighter on the podcast. I saw yesterday. That. Marcus McGee. Yep. He just he just got signed. It was an absolute honor. Who we're is gonna he? get him back. On. Who is he friends with? Tim Welch and Sean O'Malley. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So we're. Uh, it was uh, super blessed to be Incredible. able to get him on. So, Sick, man. but yeah, but for a little bit. So I would say into it, into it, mm-hmm. two years. Okay. So you may not even know the person I'm about to say, but when people talk about the greatest heavyweights of all time, uh, that just reminded me of another one. I say the greatest heavyweight striker ever is uh, Mirko Krokop. I've heard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, th- I, I, when we're talking about results and consistency throughout the career, I, I think it's Krokop. Good striker. People have tried to tell me Cyril Gagne, but... He only has ten pro. He'll, it's hard. I know. I say he super, only has ten pro fights, and but he's fought the best of the best yeah. in the UFC in his last like four. Eric yeah. Lewis, John Jones, right? You know, Steep. No, no, he didn't fight Steep. Not Francis Ngannou. Francis Ngannou. Yeah, he's I mean, striking. come on, dude. People are shitting on me so bad, and I'm like, look, I know that he's like number two in the world right now, but you got to understand. Yeah, there's. You know, there's different eras, and he was like, oh, the game's changed. Uh, he would he would fuck Krokop up, like. I don't know. They never fought. I, I don't yeah. know that for sure. Yeah, yeah you're definitely right. The game's changed, but I'm I'm talking about results. But man. he would be standing up anyway. So you're gone and taking no fight to the floor. Right. Not right now, at least. Yeah. I think all he's doing right now is probably wrestling bears with a beat. Yeah, but uh, after that Jones fight. But we never answered this question. I'm very interested. So let's go around. I'll start with Riley. Uh-huh. Who do you believe is the best wrestler in the UFC right now? Oh yeah. And the best jiu-jitsu grappler. They're different. It's hard to put them on right. the same thing. Uh, Hamza. Is the best wrestler, and I think jujitsu. I think uh, Oliveira. Okay, Charles. So for jujitsu, man, so. I, I'd I'd hate to I'd hate to jump on the bandwagon and and say Oliveira, but he does have the most. Uh, I, 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 I it's gonna it's gonna have to be by default. Yeah. Now there's some other other people that are um uh, like like Dariush is definitely <sighs> close second so man, good, but. He's before really before I, Damian Maya retired, I would say Damian Maya, and I would say of all time jujitsu practitioners, either Damian Maya or Fabricio Verdum. Yeah, you know what's so interesting is I also think somebody who doesn't get you know mentioned as much, which is kind of weird because he's like the most active fighter in the UFC right now, um, is Gilbert Burns. Oh I think Gilbert Burns grappling oh, yeah. is like oh my crazy. god, man. dude, he he's, did he bad a, things to Magny. He definitely might that be was third, a horrible right? third. It was yeah. bad. Like that's talk about levels, right? The guy's mm-hmm. ranked eleven, he's ranked five. And Magny's Look at good, the man. Mag- he's tall too, lengthy guy, got range on him. Gilbert just goes right in, takes him down, done. Yeah, first round, his third fight. It was bad. I've yeah, watched, I would say he's three. Really, mom. I've watched Magny for a while, and like he didn't, you know, he wasn't number eleven or whatever the ranking was by accident. That dude no. has has legit wins, man. He's good. No, for sure. I I, I think. Uh, it, you have to say Charles is number one right. because of the most finishes. I'm a little bit biased because I'm a big fan of them, but Darius is probably two, Burns probably three. I mean, it's I mean, and then you got Gamron, you got Targaruski or whatever the hell, oh, yeah, dude. I don't know how to say his name. I know, but getting a wrestling mat. On Yo, him, I'll, t- like, I'll tell you what. I know he mat. he just whatever. got knocked Any out. Mat. He just got knocked out. But there is a dude named Jimmy Flick. Uh, he's a flyweight. I never heard of him. I saw him on Contender Series. And he subbed this dude, and then he fought Cody Durden, I believe. Hit him with a flying triangle, and I started looking up his fights. The dude's jiu-jitsu is insane, Is man. it? Yeah. Jeez. Um, dude, flyweights don't get enough shine. Oh, Brandon Moreno's jiu-jitsu is crazy, too. Yeah, for sure. He's, he's so a He's good, a very dude. good grappler. He's a I mean, freak of nature. And, um, yeah, it's crazy. And then for wrestling, you said Hamza. 
Riley, by the way, is the biggest Hamzat uh, fan in the world. Yeah. Now, not a bad take, but who is you, who would you say is the best wrestler actively in the UFC? So wrestling could be... Like we're talking about, you know, getting in there and, and finishing fights and, and utilizing the wrestling to be dominant. Then he's not active anymore. Khabib is a is one that comes to mind. He's number one. Oh, yeah. And I think I all Chima, Chimaev, yeah. Chimaev definitely is. But I, I tend to gravitate more towards strikers when I'm when I'm looking for uh, people that I like to watch. But yeah. I will say this is going to be a hot take. But Marab has extremely good wrestling. Riley's also favorite fighter. No, but Mar- hate Mariah, I know, huh? but but dude, Whoa. he is he does, he, so he, good. Leo Muhammad. Dude, they're both. Yeah, he hates Muhammad. Uh, yeah, so, I don't hate. Him. I don't hate Muhammad or anything. There's, it's you know, I don't really like, hate any. Fighter. He just got a huge nose. It's just hard. He looks like French <laughs> Montana. Yeah, I mean, he would that destroy cartoon? me. I'm, I'm saying, that? like, if I, you know, I'm not fighting Bele Muhammad. Tell you that for a fact. Yeah, but his nose is huge. Yeah, let's be real. I do like. I do like. I can appreciate the way he fights, man. I, I really like that he keeps the pace. Um, what, he likes to just kind of get it done. I mean, he's got one finish in his whole career. Yeah. So who? Muhammad. Oh yeah. That's the thing that I don't like, though. It's like, oh, I'm on an eight fight win streak. I'm this, that, and the other. And it's like, hold on, Jimmy. You, you <laughs> finished one fight <laughs> in your on, whole Jimmy. career. One fight, and you're talking about Gilbert Burns, the guy who just fought last week, literally yeah, in the yeah. co-main event. Now he's fighting again. You know it's just like me off? Colby Covington getting the next title shot. Not uh, that. Oh, okay, well that pissed me off. The way that the way that Bilal <laughs> fought Wonder Boy, dude. Oh yeah. I was I was I was almost crying. Well, he's just so. Oh, well, I can't blame you know him, what? dude. Here's why? the thing. Yeah, Wonder Boy freaking kicking you in the head. Good yeah, night. Why would you want to? Why would you want to like make that an option? You're so be hitting for those. But legs. the way he fought Sean Brady, he did beat the crap. That out was of sick, him. man. I I rewatched that fight, and I wasn't expecting that. That I was not expecting Sean Brady to lose that fight. Yeah, Sean Brady just hit a wall, dude. He, I mean, he was getting peace. Now maybe it was because the eagle was in his corner. Maybe too big of a jump. Well, I, I heard know. that. Yeah, because it was like a eight to five or something. Yeah. You think uh, just because this is Riley's favorite guy and he is so good, you think Hamzat is going to be one of the greatest to ever fight? No. No. No, I don't think so. Oh, let's debate this. He's on a really? hot. He's he's on a hot streak right now. You think now. he's on just a hot streak? Yeah. I mean, who's who's his best? <laughs> so what? He he tore up Kevin Holland. Okay, okay. Yeah. That we were there. Oh live. my gosh. Oh really? That was our yeah. first ever UFC. So it he, was the greatest we can So he went and he spanked Kevin Holland. Yeah. And literally. then he beat he beat Burns, which that was a good win. That is a that's a very good the way that he beat him too. Great fight. Yeah. Now I super close. Do you think he won? Mm, I'm not a. I wasn't there judging, and I know it could be it it could be a totally different fight when you're cage side, but I was. It was within the realm of possibility. That Burns would get his hand raised. You, you, oh, just yeah. be honest. You felt like that. Did you feel like on the night he like before they raised the hand? Did you think think he won? I was hoping Burns won because I knew it was possible. Again, I'd have to rewatch the fight and really go round by round. Like I had to do the same thing with Jones and Gustafson. Won. Oh Everyone's, my gosh! Dude, what a great fight! Everyone that is. says that's one of the greatest fights I've ever seen. P- yeah, people say that they think Gustafson won, but I I watched. I watched it, it too. I, I had a three two. I had a three two for Jones, right? Yep. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to score it for Gustafson, really. Yeah. Um, but dude, you want to watch a fight? That's the fight to watch. Is. I mean, for real. I'm shocked I, that you think. I think Hamzat won one, uh, round one and three. And three. Yeah. Two was definitely well, didn't, Gilbert. Two didn't was, Burns drop him? Yeah, knock him out. Yeah. That was the second up. Well, third. I wouldn't say not because what was happening is after he, he got, got dropped, a, he took him down. He like down. he literally oh, got yeah. dropped. Like he was stunned and completed a takedown at the same time. 
It's so hard not to respect that guy, though. It's Hamzat yeah. or Islam is the best wrestlers. Oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about Islam, but Islam's crazy, too. But yeah. Volk, man. Dude, to be honest, but I Volk haven't... won that fight, I think. All right, we're bouncing. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> nah, I don't think so. Really? Really? I, I don't think Volk won that fight. And look, I I'm don't not, think so either. I'm, and I'm a Volk fan. He's top five in my list, right. and I don't think it, I think Islam won the fight. I said it. We said it on the night. Really? You you do well. well no, you said no. Volk. At, like a couple days after you said you like. It's back hard. It's hard to not say. It's so hard to not give Islam around when he has a body triangle on the guy for four minutes. Oh, it's yeah. so hard. I mean, I get it. Anybody's he didn't throw punches know, from but, his back. But so how did there he was get another there? Fight. How did he get there? I'm debating against the guy. I don't even like. I, I'm I'm a Volk guy, but this it was Bill Algio versus Andre Feely. Andre Feely had uh, Bill Algio on a body triangle, and Bill Algio was lighting him up, gave him a nod on his on his face from throwing punches, and and people online were like, "Well, he won that round. He was you know landing more shots." But at the end of the day, man, if you're in a something like a body triangle, to get there is hard. Yeah. It is. It is. So just because you can go like this, hard. yes. And then and then in the fifth round when that Volk was a, that dropped was, Islam, yeah, that and was then a crazy landing on top, dude. It was a great Islam fight. was just like. There. It was a close Surviving. fight. If, if they rose Volk's hand, I would. I mean, just I would be so happy. Give it he's another, my guy for give sure. It another minute, and I feel like it would have been over. He was just going at it for the last. Yeah, there's a lot of fights like that where you just wish there was another minute. Yeah. Oh, I wish there was another oh five. How about how about a uh, like Nate versus uh, Leon? Oh, but no, just, he you know he didn't even I mean, need another on. minute, yeah, man. The, he, he, <laughs> Yeah. I that's, mean, that's that, just gonna happen. The only thing I hate about that fight, though, is for 24 minutes, Edwards destroyed Nate, Nate Diaz. Like, yeah, it was like he's bad. Fucked up. And then, but because, but now Nate's just like Nate. So Nate if he didn't him. point, he I think he he would have finished, finished him. him, dude. He was in La La Land. Did you see that fight live? Uh, yeah, I was at I was at Miller's. Uh, the restaurant we were just watching it. Yeah. at the bar. I got this tournament, and then right after the tournament, we're going, <laughs> we're going to be nice. watching UFC 288. So that's great, man. We ought to have you on the Top Out podcast. Maybe after we do, maybe we should. Uh, well, maybe we'll all watch a fight sometime. Because yeah. I didn't yeah, know, I, I didn't know you were so into it. Like huge, yeah. huge this MMA is great. Yeah. We can want, we can literally, yeah, we'll get you on the the Top Out podcast, our MMA podcast. Oh, let's do it. And uh, we should debate some for stuff because sure. this is great stuff for sure. Um, before uh, we wrap everything up, I just wanted to ask uh, one last thing. Um, do you think that losing when mm-hmm. you compete, especially because you're at the highest level in jiu-jitsu that there is, you know, obviously there's so many good grapplers in the whole world, but you're a black belt in jiu-jitsu. That's something to be extremely proud of. When you are at that level, do you look back and go, man, it was really important for me to lose that fight, this match, whatever it is, you know, was, is that something that you think about? Yeah, man, the, having a false sense of security is uh, is something that's it's just not good when you're, especially when you're at like a middle or a lower belt trying to progress, um, because the wake up calls are so much more brutal the longer you go, uh, with that that false sense of uh, security. So yeah, the losses that I took now, there's some of them that I wish I won, but some of them were necessary. Um, even if even though they hurt, even though they were on like big stages. I don't know. Uh, for me, it helps me learn. They say that there's, what do they say? I don't even pay attention. There's winning and there's learning. But to me, that's not true because every time you go out to compete, you're trying to win, right? But sometimes you just have to swallow and say, all right, it did not go that way, and I have to take uh, take what I got. And what I got is this loss. I have some footage on it. I could study, and I could get a drilling partner that I that I like, and I care about him getting better too or her, and we could fix those things. So it's necessary 
but don't make it a habit because then you're just competing and losing all the time. For no yeah, reason, for sure. You know? And uh, actually, I want to end it on this because I think I've asked this question to every grappler I've had on the podcast. I think I asked it to Chris. I know I asked it to Chris because uh-huh. it's a clip. Um, and I asked it to Eric and also Dave. Um, what do you prefer? I already know the answer, but what do you, what do you prefer, no gi or or gi? For okay, competing and practicing. Practicing gi, competing no gi. Dude. That's how I am too. Really, I I it's weird. I'm a wrestler too, but I like practicing in the gi. I feel like yeah. I learn like so much. It's so slow. I don't have to get like anytime I stand up with anyone, it gasses me out too. Just because I wrestle like or did wrestle like yeah, it I'll, sucks. I'll drink to that. But here's the thing: there's a lot of things that I wanted to do that I said I would absolutely do before X, Y, and Z happened, but it just never came to be. And you know, jumping in your first tournament as a blue belt when you're only a white belt, that's think about eight years from now when, you know, you're here and someone else is there and they're talking to you about it. You get to say that. And I think that's pretty cool. You know what though? If I go in this tournament and I place, it, it, it will look good on me. It'll look very good. Yeah, on me absolutely. Me, you know what I mean? So yeah. I'm hoping to get, maybe get your purple belt moment and get my blue belt on the podium. That'd be uh, sick. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully uh, I send you a photo and I got my blue belt, but nice. we'll see what happens. You know, I'm just trying to, uh, the first, like, I, so my original point when I was talking about UFC 288 is we were gonna go, mm-hmm. and then I found I, I, we weren't. So I was like, you know what, Chris was doing is Chris is doing the tournament as well. A couple other guys at the gym, and I really Chris wanted Kelly? to do it. Yeah, he's competing. Yeah, good. Yeah, it's about time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and then I was like, I'm doing it. So I have three weeks to prepare. Felt like the first week I was just kind of, dude, the nerves already was getting to me. Second week I went to South Carolina. Um, for the weekend for a wedding, but from Monday to Thursday, I trained really hard last nice. week, and then this week I've been trying to take it easy, and I actually feel pretty calm. You know, that's, I know uh, the only way I lose is if I get caught. That's kind of how. Yeah. That's how I feel, and with these guys, like I said, these you know they're 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 blue belts for a reason, and some of them could be on the cuffs, the purple belt mm-hmm. too. So it's like, what I found playing is- with fire a little bit, and yeah. I'm this four stripe white belt. But in this tournament, at blue belt, what I've found is a lot of blue belts at a tournament like the one you're going to be doing, you're going to see a lot of one trick ponies. They got one plan. Yeah. Yeah. Or sometimes even one move, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's something also we didn't talk about is nerves, dude. Nerves are, they kill me, man. You wouldn't believe it. Or maybe you would. I don't know. But they, they kill me. They, they hurt, man. Dude, I'm telling you, no exaggeration. Like, I'll listen to music sometimes before I go to bed. And, Music just hypes me up so much, and me up so much, and dude, I like my heart goes crazy thinking about this tournament. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have everybody there. Watch my whole family's going. My whole my girlfriend's going, and her whole family, and uh, Riley's gonna be there, obviously. And there's just a lot of pressure. But like I said, if I go in this tournament, I'm going up weight too. I'm underweight right now. I'm What's the weight class? One seventy. I was mm. gonna cut to one fifty five, um, but there was nobody in the white belt 155. So I was like, I was going to do 170. There actually is blue belt 155, but I'm not going to cut three days out. So I'm going up weight. I'm going up a belt and I'm looking to prove a point. So if I can go up weight, up a belt and do something, yeah, I'll be happy. I mean, like I said, what's the worst that could happen? I lose. Yeah, I know you You don't, you don't, the referee doesn't raise your hand. You don't don't get a plastic medal. Yeah. So it is what it is, but 
Eric, thank you so much for doing this, yeah, man. Yeah, dude. I'm not yeah. even going to lie. Yeah. You know, I feel like we probably say this to every guest, but this was the best podcast we've done. Really? You, yeah. you broke things down so, so well. Good. Everybody needs to follow uh, Eric on Instagram. I think your thing is, what is it, Naples Syrup? Naples underscore syrup. Yeah, so make sure I'll put it up Ten on the screen. Strong, yeah, that that's great, man. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, make sure you guys follow him. Check his stuff out. He's an absolute wizard on the mat. It probably won't be the last time we get him on the podcast. I'm sure uh, we'll reroute this in a couple months yeah, to yeah, a talk, year. Talk about some fights some more. Yeah, and especially, you know, with the progress of Raleigh through jiu-jitsu, myself through jiu-jitsu. Yeah, that'll probably be the next thing we do. Get you on the Talk About podcast, and we talk about some UFC It's going to be like four hours, dude. I can talk about fights all That's day. great. Yeah, I know. That's why I was like, we should probably wrap this up because we're going to be here all night. Uh -huh. <laughs> but, yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, thank you to Penn Delmar Power for having us, the official home of Talk About. Shout out, Rev. Make sure you guys go to RevBJJ.com. You guys can uh, sign up for your jiu-jitsu career or do the cardio kickboxing class. It's a great gym. Make sure you sign up. Riley, you got anything else to say? No. Uh, thanks again, Eric. Fantastic podcast. You guys can listen to this on all audio platforms, also on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. We really appreciate it. Hope you guys have a good day and peace. Peace.